from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 6 is the passage we will read. There are many passages, obviously, that we will refer to this morning. But we come to the next step in a series on being transformed. And this morning it's about physical health. And we're going to read a passage that we read about a month or so ago. 1 Corinthians, chapter 6. In the second half of the chapter, verse 12 to 20. see God's word. The Corinthians used to quote, I have the right to do anything. And Paul said, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, they said, <clears throat> but I'll not be mastered by anything. You say, the Corinthians say, food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food and God is going to destroy them both. Doesn't matter what we do, what we eat. What we do with our bodies, God's going to destroy it anyway. The body, however, Paul says, is not meant for sexual immorality, but it's meant for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, the Lord Jesus, and he will also raise us. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I take the members of, of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against his own body. Listen carefully. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. Let's pray. Father, as we talk about this aspect that concerns you and involves us, help us to listen. Help us not simply to dismiss it, Help us to be open to your spirits challenging us, convicting us, encouraging us. Help us to be a people who are fully obedient to you. Grant us understanding. Help us in our will make the right choices and empower us as we desire and want to follow Jesus with all that we have. In his name we ask it. Amen. Most of you, but not all of you, who are here this morning can drive. Can you remember when you were learning to drive? Did I just... I remember when I was learning to drive. My parents started to teach me. My grandfather probably taught me to drive. I was one of those kids, and undoubtedly some of you were the same. I learned to drive that we never had a car for many years, but when we got a car, we got a ute. <clears throat> and I would sit, like in the middle, and it was a bench seat, and I would be near the gears, so he would get me to change the gears while he was driving. Did you do that? Hello? <laughs> Rhonda grew up on a farm, so of course she learned to drive when she was about three. <laughs> um, and I can remember this lesson because back in those days, you never had mirrors on both sides of the cars. You had a rear view mirror and you had one mirror on this side. 
And my mum and dad would teach me and tell me, my grandfather, that when you look out the mirror, you won't see the cars. In fact, there is a, a blind spot. And in fact, many accidents are caused by that blind spot, aren't they? I wonder if you've had one. I've nearly had an accident by that. You check here, you check the mirrors, and there's nobody there. You turn, you don't really see them because you're not in your peripheral vision, they're not in the rearview mirror. And as you begin to move, they've moved up and they're right there. Had that experience? So too, spiritually speaking, as we follow Jesus as Christians, there are certain blind spots. Certain things that we overlook. Certain things that don't for whatever reason have our focus there are some sins that the christian community is outraged by and there are other sins that are just in our blind spot we don't notice them so this morning i want to talk about one that may very well be a blind spot for us we're talking about physical health this is week two as i said in this transformation series Last week we spoke about being spiritually healthy. This week it's about healthy in our bodies. And I commend to you those booklets, the Transform booklets. There are still some of those available for you if you would like to purchase them. Many of you have. In 3 John chapter, uh, verse 2, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you just as you are progressing spiritually. It's interesting, isn't it? I pray that you may enjoy good health, health in body, and that all may go well with you just as you're progressing spiritually. Not just spiritual health, but also physical health. Now, I don't want this morning to be about, because I think you know the basics like I know the basics. You know that you have to eat right. You know you have to eat less. (laughs) You know you have to eat regularly. You know you have to exercise. You know you have to drink water. You know you have to sleep. You know that stuff, don't you? Sir is the answer you're looking for. (laughs) But I want to take it this morning, and certainly Rick Warren does in this, uh, on the video talks, which you either can get on DVD or they're available on the internet, and some of you, I think, have got access to that. And if you still would like to get this, no, we'll send you the link. Um, He talks more about the motivation. Why should we look after our bodies? Well, we acknowledge that both that God wants us care of our bodies. He lives in us. He wants to work through us. And there was once a man by the name of Robert Murray McShane. He was a Scottish who lived back in the 1800s. Who was a magnificent preacher and evangelist. You can still get his sermons today. They're some of the shortest sermons you'll ever read but they are full of punch. He had just a wonderful gift to be able to deliver truth very concisely but very powerfully. At the age of 29, he died. On his deathbed, he is reported to have said this. God gave me a horse and a message. I've not looked after the horse. He made his body. I have not looked after the horse, so now I can't deliver the message. It's a powerful statement, isn't it? We need to look after ourselves physically. 
not about vanity, not just so that we can look good, but in order that we are strong enough and healthy enough in order that we can be obedient, that we can serve and honour him. That's certainly what the passage says, the last part of it. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. Physical health is a spiritual discipline. Now, we may not have had that mindset, but that's certainly something that's maybe in the blind spot for us. And so we need to raise our awareness of it and raise our uh, commitment to doing something about it. In the passage I read to you, let me just remind you, while the Corinthians wanted to say that everything was permissible, we can eat whatever we like, and there's a certain truth in that. Nonetheless, the balance is, but not everything is beneficial. Not everything is helpful. I asked the pastoral team on Thursday night, what's their favourite dessert? And we got to share it. My favourite dessert. Do you have a favourite dessert? You can share that in your groups. My favourite dessert is apple pie with cream, custard and ice cream. (laughs) And a little bit of caramel sauce just to go there. Favourite dessert. I can have caramel pie just with the custard. I can have it just with the caramel sauce. I can have it just by the cream. I can have it just with the ice cream. But the best one, all together. Everything is permissible. (laughs) Not everything is helpful. Not everything is beneficial. The Apostle Paul says, I will not be mastered by anything. He says in verse 12. I won't become addicted to anything. How many cups of coffee do you have a day? Are you addicted? Or whatever else. The food is for stomach and the stomach is for food and God will destroy them both. Well, that's not true. As we'll discover, as the Apostle Paul goes on to refer to, in fact. He says, the body, the Lord made this magnificent body that we have. It's just a, he designed it, it's his handiwork. It's an incredible design, creation. And he designed it for his honour and glory. And so it's not just for this life. In fact, just as he raised Jesus from the dead, so he's going to raise us physically, this body. This body. Resurrected. Perfected. Glorified. But it's this body. I don't fully understand it. I don't think anybody does. But it's this body. So what I do with this body, it seems to imply... And I don't know. But it seems to imply that what I do with my body now will have some sort of impact or implication then. So it's not that I can do whatever I like now and be very abusive of my body and then in heaven I get a brand new body. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but it's this body that is going to be... I'm slowly falling apart. Help me, Rod. Can I use this? I don't don't know if I can... I can undress. When Danny Tupas went to buy these um, microphones, he said, do you have a bigger one? (laughs) Somebody has a big head. 
try to ignore it. This body is going to be the one that is raised physically. And not only that, but in this life, this body is part of the body of Christ. Now, there's a concept that I hadn't thought of before. I know I am part of the body of Christ, but I tend to think of that more spiritually. But the Apostle Paul says in this passage, it's not just spiritually, it's physically as well. My body is part of the body of Christ. And therefore, this body is to be available to serve him and others, one another, in the body. So he concludes, we're not our own, we've been bought with a price, therefore honour God with your body. That's why he made it, isn't it? In order that we can serve and honour him. In the material it says, I think, six things, and so we're going to race quickly through these. Number one, my body is God's property. There's a truth worth grasping. My body is God's property. It belongs to him. Now, that's countercultural. We tend to argue and to think it's my body. It's up to me. I can put into it what I like. But the reality is God says, no, it's my body. I made it. I loaned it to you. It's on loan. And one day you'll give it back. And then he'll fix it up and do all sorts of things to it, I guess. Just like the Bible says, we brought nothing into this world, we can take nothing out. He owns it. Psalm 139, you know that scripture that talks about we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God knit us together in our mother's womb, that he designed us. We are his workmanship. So this body is just on loan from God for this lifetime, for 60, 70, whatever number of years, 100 years. But so is my mind and so is my money and so is my talents and so is the opportunities that God gives me, so is my job and etc. All of those are on loan. And so we are to be stewards, we are to look after, we are to manage it, as we'll go on to say in a moment. God says you get to use the body, but he owns it. And that everything God makes, he makes for a purpose. So you have a body and you have a life for a purpose. And the purpose certainly includes to serve him. That's number one. God, my body is God's property. Number two. God expects me, God expects us to manage our bodies or to take care of it. Expects us to do that. That he'll call us to account. In verse 12, the Apostle Paul says that we won't be, he won't be mastered by anything. Not food, not drink, not drugs, not sex, not sleep, not anything. Won't be mastered by anything. That he will maintain control, self-control. And that we are the ones who are responsible to look after it. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Our body is a gift. You've received it. You should use your body to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That which you have received, you are to look after and to use. So therefore, here is I'll probably come back to this as well at the end, but this is just a little tilt to the practicals part of this. You know, but I remind you, what I eat, how much I eat, how often I eat, what exercise I am involved in, how much sleep I have, how much water I drink, are all the sorts of things that are involved in me managing my body us managing our bodies. Now, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a nutritionist. 
But I do know too much sugar, too much fat, and too much salt. Not good for us. I think you know that. And if you haven't seen the film, The Sugar Film, it's a documentary, you should watch that. You'll never touch sugar again in your life, at least for a week or two. <laughs> and there are certainly physical benefits to exercise. It makes us healthier in our, our lungs, healthier in our heart, helps our blood vessels to be uh, healthier, stronger. And even moderate exercise, moderate exercise. Do you know what my doctor has on her whiteboard? You know how much exercise you have to do a week? Six minutes. A week. Six minutes. That's not much. But that's intense exercise. Six minutes of intense exercise. Intense exercise is, for instance, if you're riding a bike, it's riding the bike for as fast as you can, for as long as you can. If you've got a bike at home, a standing bike, do that. I've done that. I got to 45 seconds and I was breathless. I couldn't get air. Well, you've got to do six minutes of that a week. And so the secret is you do that, then you rest. You do that, then you rest. You do that, then you rest. And then you do it again another day. That's all you have to do. And I can't even do that. So I have some serious choices to make. I read this, and I had great comfort in this, that even moderate exercise, like walking or playing golf, <laughs> regularly, <laughs> has a benefit to you. And particularly the way I play golf, you get a lot of walking in. But you may also know, but I remind you, that not only are there physical benefits to physical exercise, there's emotional and mental benefits as well. There's a drug called, uh, a drug, there's, well it is. There's a hormone called endorphins, which when you exercise, your brain, your body releases them. And it makes you feel good. It's a natural painkiller. And so the... There are mental benefits to exercise. You actually take in more oxygen, which can help with mild forms of depression. It helps not only the heart to be healthier, but you have an increase in energy. You have all of these physical benefits just from moderate exercise. We are responsible, the second point is, to manage our bodies. I'll come back to that in a moment. Our bodies are God's property. We are responsible to manage our bodies. Number three, the Apostle Paul says, our bodies will be resurrected after we die. This body. There'll be, as I've said, a new version, but you will recognise one, one another. <clears throat> I don't know how that's going to happen, but 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12 says that now we see in a mirror dimly, darkly, poor reflection, but then we all see very clearly. We will know even as we are known. Our knowledge will increase, not decrease. If you know one another here, then you'll certainly know one another there and you'll even know people you don't know here. Remember the transfiguration? You've got Peter, James and John with Jesus on the mount and Moses and Elijah turn up. And Peter says, Jesus, it's good that Moses and Elijah are here with you. How did he know that was Moses and Elijah? Name badge. <laughs> no. Knowledge probably increases 
It's a spiritual knowledge that will be given to us on that day. So we'll have new bodies, these bodies, but we'll be recognisable. We won't be spirits and we won't be angels. We will have bodies. And just as Jesus is raised physically, so we will be too. And what does that mean for us? It means that God is saying, your body is important. I'm not through with it. It's not just for this life. God made us in his image to be body-dwelling people. We will be in bodies for eternity in whatever ministry or whatever is happening there and then. So after we die, whether we are buried in the ground, cremated, drowned at sea, vaporised in an explosion or burnt beyond recognition, is not a problem to God. He will take our DNA and he will reconstruct and he will give us a new body, this body, restored, renewed. And so because of that, we need to be looking after it. Number four, our body is connected to the body of Christ, verse 15. So that has a physical dimension to our involvement and our connection with the body of Christ, with one another. As he gave his body for us, so we are to give his body, not only to him, but for one another. We are to honour God with our body, and so therefore we are to look after it, to be as fit as we can, healthy as we can, strong as we can. so that we can serve and glorify him. As I said about Robert Murray McShay, God has given us a mission, he's given us a purpose. Look after your body so that you can do it. Number five, the Holy Spirit lives in our body. We, our body is now his temple, the Apostle Paul says here. In verse, what is it, 19, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Back in chapter three, he talks about the corporate body and the Holy Spirit, this is the temple. But here he speaks individually, this is the temple. The God of the Old Testament, who was the above us God, has become the with us God in Jesus in the, resur- in the incarnation, has become the in us God of the Holy- with the Holy Spirit. As God dwelt in a tabernacle and then in a temple, now he dwells in this temple, in our bodies, and therefore we are to look after our his bodies, our bodies, his temple. We're not to vandalise the temple of God with junk food or with inadequate sleep or rest. We need to learn how to handle stress because stress will affect our health and our bodies. God expects us to take care of his temple, our body. That's what it's saying. And then finally, number six, Jesus, on the cross, purchased our bodies. Didn't just purchase our souls, didn't just purchase our spirits, he purchased the whole package deal, all of us. Paid for, bought, and now twice owned. Made by God, for God. Now purchased by Jesus, by God, for God. Our bodies are very important, and we have to look after them. It's a spiritual discipline. There is a song, I can't remember the name of the guy who sings it. Who? Um, It's All of Me. Some of you will know this song. All of Me. The lyrics go like this. Here we go. All of me loves all of you. Imagine this is Jesus singing to you, to us. All of me loves all of you, loves your curves and all your edges, all your perfect imperfections. Give your all to me. I give my all to you. 
Even when I lose, I'm winning because I give my all to you. No, because I give you all of me and you give me all of you. Now, he's not singing about Jesus and us. He's singing about him and some, his wife or girlfriend or somebody. But I thought, how appropriate. That's exactly the attitude that God has for us. He gave his all for us in order that he could have all of us in relationship with him. That's what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, in view of the mercies of God. What's the appropriate response? Well, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And a living sacrifice, a sacrifice in the Old Testament, was a lamb without blemish, healthy, strong. So as we offer our bodies to him, we are to be as healthy as we can be. Now, don't hear me, and I am not saying that we all need to be fitness fanatics and qualify for the Olympics, because it's not possible. But we can all be fit and fitter. And we can all be healthier. Not all of us, but many of us can be slimmer. I certainly can be. I think I told you last week, the pastors have put 50 bucks in and are on a weight loss competition. And it concludes at the end of August. And I asked you to pray for me. Please keep praying. <laughs> Seriously, pray. Taking care of my body is an act of worship. That's what Romans says. Therefore, let's offer our, our um, bodies to him, living sacrifice, our bodies, um, which is your spiritual act of worship. Actually, exercising, getting fit and watching what I'm eating and so on is part of my worship, my honouring him, that I'm acknowledging his ownership of me. So when I eat and what I eat, so when I eat apple pie with custard cream, ice cream and caramel sauce, Thankfully. <laughs> and if you're exercising, you can afford to do that. If you keep your metabolism up, it'll burn it off. That's why you need to watch not only what you eat and how much you eat, you need to watch how regularly you eat. Now, this is my problem. I don't eat at the right times. I'll skip morning tea and I'll have a late lunch. And if you do that regularly, and that often happens to me because other things you're involved in and stuff, maybe for you as well, then your body goes into a different cycle. And it can actually go into... I used to eat like a sparrow at lunchtime and I was putting weight on and I didn't know why. And then either my doctor or somebody explained it to me, it's because your body has gone into survival mode. Everything you eat, it will keep. So I wasn't eating enough. To, you, if you want to be healthy, if you want to lose weight, you've got to eat more. Does that make sense? No. That's what you've got to do. What you've got to do is increase your metabolism. And when I had a personal coach, and maybe that's what we all need or whatever, he said to me that when you go to bed at night, eat an egg. Because even when you're sleeping, your metabolism is working. Not the yolk of the egg, but just the white of the egg. Have that just when you go to bed. And it'll actually help your body to keep metabolising um, working. And you get up in the morning, drink a glass of water, and that'll kickstart your metabolism again. And all these things are very helpful. Do I do it? No, I don't do that. But I know it's helpful. You see, it comes down to choice. This all comes down to choice, doesn't it? We are as healthy as we want to be. We make short-term choices. I like eating that. 
and I'm going to enjoy it. And we rationalise and so on. We need to manage our health. That's the, the discipline. Here are some questions for you. In fact, here is a great question that Jesus asked in John chapter 5. Remember that story of the man who was at the pool and he was there for years and years and years and the water used to get disturbed and the first one in got healed. Remember that story? And this guy, Jesus walks in and, and there's hundreds of people who were not well who were there and Jesus goes up to this bloke and says to him, do you want to get well? What a good question. Do you want to be made well? That's a good question for us. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be healthier, fitter, stronger, obedient killer area? Then he's willing to help. Do you want to be well? Choice is ours. Are you satisfied with your present eating habits? What changes do you need to make, if any? Do you consider yourself to be fit or flabby? If you're overweight by a few kilos, then how many do you need to lose? Itemise it, target it, have it as a goal. And how will you do that? Do you agree that everybody needs to be doing some form of exercise, even mild exercise? We're not made, we're not built to be a sedentary people. We're made to be active, to be moving. So choose an exercise that you enjoy. I'm going to take up darts. <laughs> schedule a time. Because if you don't schedule a time, you won't do it. And watch the intensity. Listen carefully. Don't leave today saying, okay, I've got to improve this and now I'm going to go for a five-mile run. Don't do that. And if you're my age or close to my age, maybe what you need to do is go see your doctor first. Go get checked out. And, and just see how you are physically. Have a full physical checkup. You should do that every year anyway. I do. Um, anyway, that's a, a recommended healthy thing to do, a full checkup and skin check and everything else. And if your doctor advises you, then implement and take the cautions that your doctor says. So, but watch the intensity. You need to do warm-ups, you need to do warm-downs, but you need to see your doctor first. And it's also helpful, I think, if you not just pick your diet and pick the goal, you want to lose this much weight, or you want to do this exercise and you want to do it for this long and pick something that you know you enjoy doing so you'll keep doing it. Tell someone, be accountable to someone, Someone who's going to hold you accountable to the plans that you put in place because the reality is we all start this stuff. Six months in, 80% of us have stopped. We go back into our old habits. So it's all about choices. God wants us to be physically healthy, fitter than what we are, healthier than what we are. So we need to get in better shape. Your body matters. It's a gift. He owns it. He made it. He purchased it. He loans it to us to use for him. And he will call us to account. Jesus died for it. Holy Spirit indwells it. And our body is to be part of his body, the church. It's a spiritual discipline. Let's pray. Father, this is certainly one of those blind spots, a tender issue. But the reality is we know that you gave us a body 
Can you help us to take care of it? Thank you that Jesus died on the cross for us, body, soul and spirit. You indwell us by your spirit and now our bodies belong to you. Lord, could you help us to be fitter, healthier, certainly available. Help us to manage and to steward our bodies to your honour and to your service. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll sing our closing song.